0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/work. shopify.com/work. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images and public records and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at Bellingcat.com.
1: Be honest with me. Are you tempted to invest in cryptocurrencies? Investing in crypto is not for everyone. It is a risky, unregulated and highly volatile area of the market, as last week's plunge in the value of Bitcoin has shown. But chances are, someone you know is happy to boast about how much money they've made this year as the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies surged higher. For podcast listener Sam, that person is his kid brother.
2: He still lives at home with mum. I remember going back and he had a Crypto for Dummies manual out on the side of some. I didn't really think anything of it.
1: Years later, when a few of Sam's friends started to dabble in crypto, he asked his brother if he'd been doing the same.
2: He came out with all this information. He's been doing it for years, like just learning about it the whole time. Yeah, he was doing quite well. I was gonna say, yeah. how, how much has he made? He was a bit hesitant to tell me at first, but he said his portfolio was about thirty grand he'd invested maybe £3,000 over the four years.
1: How did that make you feel?
2: Yeah, very surprised. And then it made me feel a bit stupid. Why aren't I doing this, basically?
1: Sam has found that FOMO, the fear of missing out, is proving hard to resist. But should he be feeling stupid? What about the FOLO, the fear of losing out, if crypto turns out to be a gigantic bubble? Welcome to Money Clinic. A weekly podcast from the Financial Times dedicated to tackling real-life financial issues. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's consumer editor. This week, we're considering the pros and cons of investing in crypto. It's one of the topics that I get the most messages from listeners about, but I cannot stress enough, this is a general discussion and is not intended as financial advice or any kind of investment recommendation. Now that's clear, let's get to know today's guest.
2: I work freelance in music as a DJ and I write dance music.
1: Self-employed Sam is about to turn 30, but what the pandemic has done to his finances over the past year has not left him with much to celebrate.
2: It kind of went from, you know, busy every weekend and then completely nothing, you know, overnight basically. I'm, the tightest I've ever been, money wise, at the moment. Yeah.
1: Well, you must be really glad that you've got your first booking next week. What, what kind of music do you play?
2: Yeah, it's closest to techno, basically, but kind of a lot more influenced by UK dance music, garage, drum and bass, grind, jungle, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's more for kind of European, I'd say. It crosses over. It's quite dark. It's quite, it's not really something you'd want to listen to at home, particularly, I don't think.
1: Not even when you're doing the housework.
2: Well, yeah, there you go, yeah, at certain times.
1: Personally, I love a bit of techno when I'm doing the hoovering. Luckily, Sam had some savings to fall back on during the pandemic and he's been able to earn some money composing music. With lockdown easing, his diary is filling up. Confident he can play the markets, with the help of his brother, he's decided to take a bold step and invest the last £2,000 of his savings into various cryptocurrencies. I mean, that's a pretty big risk for you at the moment, Mm. sort of in this waiting room of COVID, (laughs) see if the economy's going to come back.
2: It is is a big risk. And yeah, that's kind of unlike me, actually. I'm not, uh, yeah, it's slightly out of character, but it just seems like it's possible.
1: I could see Sam was attracted by the huge gains his brother had made. But had he ever invested in anything more conventional, like a stocks and shares ISA? or a pension.
2: I don't have anything like that. No pension. Yeah, no savings, you know, of any substance really. No one's given me that information before ever whereas I had some information on this. Presumably you
1: you wouldn't gamble that money. You wouldn't like, you know, put it on a horse or go Absolutely to an online not, casino.
2: No, I've never been to a casino, you know. To me that seems stupid. That seems like you're throwing money away. So, so this w- this is the thing, but I think it's like a it's a bit more of a balance. It's a bit more of like informed gambling.
1: The head of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey, has repeatedly warned crypto investors this is a gamble that may end badly. Be prepared to lose all your money. That would be my serious warning. How would you feel if you ended up with nothing left at the end of it?
2: I'd be quite upset. I mean, the plan is to withdraw my initial investments, take out what I initially put in, and then the rest is just profits.
1: If if this doesn't work out
2: for you, <laughs> yeah. is, is it going
1: to make Christmas in the future... <laughs> <laughs> With your brother a bit
2: awkward? I hope that like, I don't lose it, but it's it won't be too awkward at Christmas. I mean, it'll be sad because he's got similar investments that he would have lost. So, Yeah. I said to him, you know, are you going to be rich? And he said, I'll either be rich or wrong.
1: I'll either be rich <laughs> or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a new game show, isn't it? Rich or wrong.
2: It could be a very bad one.
1: Sam says his confidence in crypto comes from all the research he's been doing online.
2: So I did all of that mainly via YouTube, and got onto Twitter and you start learning about things blockchain, decentralized finance, all of those things.
1: But he's learned to take everything he hears with a hefty pinch of salt.
2: If you put any of your crypto coins into YouTube there will be someone with 20,000 followers telling you that this coin's going to do. Times ten this year, and you need to buy it now. So, it's, but like every coin will have that. Mm. So that's where it's a bit dubious, you know.
1: Sam's also been encouraged by famous investors like Tesla founder Elon Musk, pumping billions of dollars into crypto. There's
3: a good chance that crypto is the future currency of Earth, right. and then it's like, well, which one is it going to be? You know, uh, and maybe it'll be multiple. But it should be considered speculation at this point. Don't bet the farmer on crypto. Right. Don't bet the farmer on crypto, to be clear.
1: Some rare words of caution from Elon Musk earlier this year. And as any crypto investor knows, his tweets have the power to send prices soaring or crash in a ditch, which is what happened to Bitcoin recently.
0: Bitcoin prices sink after a U-turn from Elon Musk that one Wall Street analyst called a shocker.
1: Having said Tesla would accept payment for its cars in Bitcoin, Musk reversed that decision, citing the energy-intensive nature of mining Bitcoin with supercomputers and the environmental damage this could cause. In fact, Sam doesn't hold any Bitcoin himself. He favours smaller, less well-known cryptocurrencies, and he's purchased those using an exchange called Binance. And which are the coins that you have invested in?
2: Ethereum, A coin, RSR, uh, a coin, XHV, which is Haven, and Cardano.
1: So not Bitcoin itself?
2: Not Bitcoin itself. I did have a little bit, but it was like a tiny amount. You know, I couldn't afford much of it.
1: But I guess that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to spot which one might be the next breakthrough currency.
2: Yeah, that's it. It's the ones with more headroom for increasing your money, basically.
1: Sam's picked some of these coins as they've attracted attention from professional investors. Still... I was worried about the risks. You've got a small amount of money and it's kind of like you're throwing it at the the dartboard of of crypto and kind of hoping that you hit the bullseye. Yeah. Because that's the biggest bang that you can get for your buck.
2: That just seems like like the future, really. That seems like where it should be going. And yeah, having more control over your money and the bankers having less control over it. Yeah, that's quite exciting.
1: But you kind of feel that a normal bloke like you has got more of a chance in the alternative system than in the mainstream.
2: Yeah, and I feel like the, the knowledge is easier to acquire at the moment with cryptocurrency. I've never you know, been told anything about regular finance before or investing. I think this is more on your terms.
1: For Sam's sake, I hope his foray into crypto turns out to be exciting in a good way. But what does he want to hear from the podcast experts?
2: I think I'd like to find a less risky way of investing into cryptocurrency. I'd definitely like to hear the experts' views on where the price of crypto could go next. What would the advice be for someone like me who is self-employed investing in crypto as opposed to the conventional investment methods?
1: The first expert I turn to is a highly experienced London financial professional who's recently started investing in crypto within his own portfolio.
4: My name is Abhishek Sachdev. I run Vedanta Hedging, which is a derivative consultancy, and I am an investor in cryptocurrency. So I started investing my funds personally in January of this year. And in three chunks, I've invested initially around Mm £20,000. And currently that is up to about £35,000 of value, which is a significant gain.
1: Abhishek was recently quoted in the Financial Times saying, I can give you 20 reasons why investing in Bitcoin is a good idea and 20 reasons why it's a crap idea. He's been a conventional investor for decades. So what convinced him to enter the crypto market now?
4: I've only recently dabbled my feed into crypto literally about three, four months ago, very simply because there is a significant increase in the level of mainstream investors and large hedge funds and global investment banks who are taking this seriously, not just with words, but backed by action.
1: And certainly that's something that Sam is looking to and is feeling encouraged by. But it could be that you're all wrong.
4: <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. And just because JP Morgan does something doesn't mean everyone else is going to follow. I mean, we saw that with the uh, kind of recent Super League fiasco.
1: Quite. But JP Morgan isn't the only one. Goldman Sachs, Citi, hedge fund billionaires and of course the tweeting techno king himself, Elon Musk, who has vowed that Tesla won't sell any more of its Bitcoin
4: holdings. What actually gives me more encouragement is not just that these institutions are doing it because these institutions can afford to make bets and lose money, but also you've got central bankers who are really paying attention to this. In fact, the Bank of England has already set up like a task force to investigate creating its own digital currency. Now, that doesn't get to be dealing with Bitcoin or anything like that, but it isn't something which can just be readily ignored in my view.
1: I wanted to explore Abhishek's own crypto strategy, starting off with how he approaches valuation.
4: I don't understand what drives the price of Bitcoin. Right. I'll Mm -hmm. be honest. You know, I genuinely don't. I think it's it's difficult to see what intrinsic value it has, i.e. how can you value it on itself? But that doesn't mean it doesn't have extrinsic value, i.e. it can still go up and down with demand and supply. So Mm -hmm. I think just because you don't understand something fully doesn't necessarily mean you can't have some exposure to it.
1: Crypto is incredibly volatile. Abhishek knows there are no guarantees that the value of his investments will increase. So how is he managing
4: that risk? Firstly, I am choosing to invest only a small proportion of my portfolio. That means no more than 5% of the amount that I have in my equity portfolio, my stocks and shares. And another way that I'm trying to manage the risk is by trying to focus on the more mature end, which probably means less growth.
1: Abhishek was also concerned to hear that Sam has put all of his savings into crypto and doesn't have a pension or a stocks and shares ISA.
4: I appreciate this might sound quite traditional and maybe a little bit stuffy, but you should be considering crypto only as part of a wider, diversified portfolio of investments. Regular saving is really important. And the earlier you start, even if it's just a few pounds a week or a few pounds a day, does make a difference. And when it's about your pension and long term savings, it's about getting rich slowly.
1: Abhishek only owns the most established cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum and Ripple. I asked him why.
4: There are something like 10,000 different cryptocurrencies out there. And there will be lots of casualties and volatilities along the way. There's no way 10,000 cryptocurrencies are still going to be here in a few years' time.
1: Hmm. So what does he think of Sam's strategy of targeting lesser-known coins that could potentially produce much higher returns if they take off?
4: That is an incredibly risky approach. and. I would say that is okay to do if you understand that you could lose all of your money and Mm. that you are not putting all of your allocated spare funds into doing so. As long as you understand Mm. that, then I think it's okay to effectively have a bit of a flutter in doing so. It's not the approach I'm taking.
1: Abhishek's first lesson for less experienced investors like Sam?
4: Start small. However much cash you have, think about taking a small portion of that, maybe just 5-10% to begin with, and just kind of almost treating that as a bit of a kind of play around money to begin with. Get used to it. Second, don't invest all your money at once. So my particular investments, I've spread them out over the last sort of three months, as it were. So do small chunks. There's no reason why you have to buy everything today. Maybe buy some and maybe sell some so you get comfortable with how it works.
1: And with over 10,000 coins out there, Think very carefully about the ones you choose.
4: Maybe start off with some of the more well-known currencies first, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, etc., etc. And then as you become more confident or you want to take on more risk, then start to maybe allocate smaller amounts of money to other cryptocurrencies if that's what you want to do.
1: And how could you go about choosing those?
4: Have a think about what makes that particular cryptocurrency unique Have a think about what kind of exchanges can it be bought and sold on. For example, if you can't buy it on something like Binance or Coinbase, then that might set up a bit of a warning signal that actually this is very, very specialist and esoteric. I wouldn't just invest in one cryptocurrency, spread them out a little bit so that you do have a chance of backing a few of the leading horses.
1: But as we know, this is not Abhishek's strategy as yet.
4: For me, it will also be dependent upon what I see the larger global financial institutions do, because that's who I like to follow.
1: Buying crypto is one thing, but what about selling it? Now, when it comes to your own long-term strategy with the coins that you've invested in, are you a long-term buy and hold person with cryptocurrencies
4: my genuine answer is actually i really don't know to be honest with you part of me feels that once i've made a hundred percent gain in my investment then i may withdraw my initial capital amount so then what i have left invested is just kind of free money in a sense
1: Just to make that clear, Abhishek started off by investing £20,000, but if and when the value of his crypto portfolio reaches £40,000, he intends to sell half, and keep half. This is a common strategy investors use with other high-risk assets, but remember, there's no guarantee that you will double your money. If investing in crypto directly sounds too wild for your tastes, then there are other ways that you could gain a small amount of exposure.
4: So one big thing which I think is going to happen very soon is the ETF, an exchange-traded fund, which Mm. is, in simple language, just a kind of very low-cost way of tracking a particular index or market. So that's a nice low-cost way of people being able to get exposure to a basket of cryptocurrencies.
1: We'll keep our eyes peeled for that. And here's another approach to investing in crypto.
4: You could actually sort of take the kind of picks and shovels approach like people do with gold investing.
1: What Abhishek means is instead of trying to make money in the crypto gold rush, invest in the picks and shovels used to extract it. In other words, the companies listed on the stock market that are servicing the growing crypto economy.
4: A couple of ways of doing that is buying in, for example, shares in one of the large exchanges like Coinbase which recently listed. Um, another firm, which people may want to consider, which is listed in Canada, is called Galaxy Digital, which effectively provides investors with services such as holding their cryptocurrency and helping them to exchange these.
1: And finally, Abhishek thinks a key test of crypto's maturity will be when more people use it for payments rather than view it as a speculative investment. He thinks that could happen sooner rather than later.
4: Look how much we've innovated over the last 12 months because of the pandemic. So I think this kind of rate of acceleration will still change. We still can't go down to our local Tesco's and use it to buy some milk, but that's okay because you can still buy bigger ticket items with it and maybe even start using it one day even as collateral for getting your first mortgage. I don't think that's going to be as far off as people think.
1: As an investor myself, one of the biggest crypto turnoffs is that you're effectively putting money into a form of currency that nobody wants to actually spend. I explored this conundrum with my Financial Times colleague, Eva Zale, the
3: FT's currencies correspondent. How do you value something that you're not even sure if it's a currency? Is it a commodity? Is it a store of value? More and more investors believe that Bitcoin is a good store of value that could rival potentially gold.
1: At present, investors regard Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as a store of value, as Eva was saying there. Assets that hopefully are going to keep rising. But this clashes with the view of crypto as an alternative currency and means of payment.
3: Because I'm not going to pay for my bread and milk with something that I think will be worth more tomorrow than it is today
1: yeah well there's a pub near where I live in Hackney that a few years ago started taking bitcoin as payment for a pint of beer and I often wonder if you'd used a bitcoin to buy a pint of beer five or six years ago (laughs) how much would you have paid for that pint in today's money you know thousands
3: of pounds tens of thousands I think you would probably need therapy in that case (laughs) 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 I would feel awful. Um, And that's what's causing regulators a problem as well. Like, how do you classify it? You know, who's got oversight over it? What is it?
1: Sam, of course, like all crypto investors, wants to know if prices will keep heading up.
3: Basically, it's a financial markets marmite. You know, there are some people who say that it will make this current financial setup completely different if not obsolete, whereas there are still a lot of people who say that it's just a pyramid scheme. It's nothing but one of the world's greatest Ponzi schemes.
1: What Eva's implying is that rush into crypto from small investors like Sam, professional players like Abhishek, all the way up to large institutions like Wall Street banks is what's really driving demand and fueling the price rises rather than any intrinsic value.
3: Crypto is a a wild ride. That's why people say don't uh, invest all your money into it. I've spoken to hedge funds in New York who say that investors are writing them checks without understanding what they're investing in. So there is an awful lot of money piling into crypto that's really just a hope that it will somehow magically turn into an awful lot of money. Playing devil's advocate, what happens if it doesn't? People can't turn to regulators because that's the beauty of it, investing your own money in your own way and into something that's decentralised and anti-establishment. But the flip side of that is that you own all the profits, but also the losses. There is no complaints department.
1: This lack of protection for investors is something Sam needs to remember. But Eva says what's really changing now is that move
3: by big banks to get exposure to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. It's definitely attracted a lot more attention from hedge funds, insurance companies, asset managers, which is the reason why banks are cautiously entering this space. And that's driven by client demand. It's not retail investors, but your big asset managers who are also managing, you know, a lot of retail investors' pensions.
1: And Sam will be interested to know that the involvement of professional investors could reduce some of the price volatility that Bitcoin especially has seen in the past five years.
3: It feels like if there is a crash, so if we went down from fifty-seven to 30,000, mm. there would probably be quite a lot of institutional investors coming in to buy it. Something that didn't happen in 2017.
1: What worries her is how many young people are going all guns blazing into crypto
3: and shunning more conventional forms of saving and investment. I have a 20-year-old son and he texts me every day with a sort of new coin and look at the Shiba Inu and uh, I think young investors, it's a very natural space for them to invest. Um, Mm. I can't get my son to read one of my articles, but he would happily do that on his phone. But I'm pretty confident that they're not fully aware of the risks. It can go so very wrong so quickly.
1: Price fluctuations are not the only risk. An estimated $16 billion has been lost globally to crypto fraud over the past 10 years.
3: Crypto is at the moment so attractive to scammers because there is such a hype about it. Everyone's hearing about people who are getting rich and quitting their jobs and, you know, neighbours, gardener who is hoping to buy a house in Antigua.
1: Be especially wary of investing in coins that are not sold on major exchanges, and assume that anyone who approaches you about crypto investments via social media is probably a scammer.
3: It's just very hard to not feel a little bit cautious because of all this hype. But also it just provides such a rich hunting ground for people who are in the business of scamming others, and it's definitely not going to get any better.
1: Since I first met Sam two weeks ago, the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies has plunged. By the time you listen to this podcast, prices could have recovered. But it goes to show how volatile this type of investing really is. Well, Sam, it's been a pretty rocky week for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies by Mm. association. What's it done to your own portfolio? Yeah,
2: dropped it. Dropped it big time. Yeah, I haven't worked out the percent uh, because, I, you know, I tend to sort of stop looking at that point and wait till it gets a bit better.
1: The highest Sam's portfolio had reached was $7,500. What is it today?
2: Yeah, 5168
1: It's Still in profit?
2: Yes, yeah, still in profit, which is good. But yeah, I could have sold at 7000 and made far more money.
1: (laughs) How do you feel about that? I mean, your intention has always been to hold on to it for longer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think I've just accepted that the fluctuations are such a a conventional part of it that it's nothing to be too concerned about until maybe the general consensus is that it's not going to get any better.
1: Mm. What do you think of the news about what is causing that big drop? So basically regulators in China have said they want to crack down on financial institutions using cryptocurrencies.
2: It all just seems so ambiguous and chaotic that it's hard to find the points to get your head around it.
1: I mean, even Abhishek, professional investor, he said he doesn't understand what really drives the price other than these kind of big news events. I mean, how do you feel in general about this level of volatility in something that you invest in?
2: Yeah, it is concerning. You're always just hoping that it comes back out of the dip that it's gone into.
1: So you're not tempted to sell out?
2: No, I wouldn't sell out, no, when it's down. Sell high, try to.
1: (laughs) So the other things that the experts had to say there, what things stood out to you?
2: The uncertainty and what stood out about the first investor was, yeah, like he said, he doesn't really have a complete understanding of what makes a volatility. I mean, yeah, I thought that was just me. I thought someone would have more of a grasp on it. So that was quite surprising.
1: Mm. And how about how he was keeping it as a very small part of his portfolio?
2: Yeah, that that concerns me. (laughs) He's saying 5% and, you know, mine is 100% of my investment. I've got no conventional investments.
1: So what did you think of Eva when she was talking about how the bigger banks and financial institutions are getting more interested in crypto and that's kind of making it a slightly safer place For people, you might think, but then on the other hand, £18 billion worth of fraud.
2: Yeah, it makes me feel a bit better that the big institutions like that are getting on board. Definitely over time you'd want to see that volatility decrease. Uh, The fraud thing is very scary. I mean, that's an incredible amount of money for people to lose. Mm. And to have no protection over that is very worrying.
4: Mm.
1: I mean, as she said, there is no complaints department.
2: Yeah, I think generally I'm going to, diversify the portfolio into more conventional methods, and even just start saving. Hopefully bring the ratio down a lot more from what's in crypto. Yeah, I think that's something I've taken away.
1: But you know what? I don't think that you should regret putting your £2,000 into crypto because I think regardless of the money that you will make or lose, what you've gained is a huge understanding of investing in general.
2: I think you're completely right. It's a step in the right direction for thinking about long-term finances. But, yeah, too risky, I think, to have it all in there.
1: Now, have you spoken to your brother since the news broke and Bitcoin's price plunged?
2: I haven't spoken to him, actually. I think he's been around for a little while, so he's seen this happen a few times.
1: He's Um, more sanguine about these.
2: Yes, I think so, which is is good to get a perspective on because Mm. friends of mine are new investors. I get WhatsApp messages of them panicking. So it's nice to have balance.
1: That's it for Money Clinic with me, Claire Barrett, this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you did, spread the word and leave us a review. And if you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, then email me. Our address is money at ft.com. You could also take a peek at our website, ft.com money, grab a copy of the FT Weekend newspaper, or follow me on Instagram at Claire B. Money Clinic will be taking a short break, but don't worry, we'll be back later this summer with season two. Money Clinic was produced in London by Josh Delamere and Persis Love. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner, and the original music is by Metaphor Music. Additional music appears courtesy of Sam himself and Time Dance Records. And finally, The Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye.